Thank you for tuning in to Timely and Timeless Truth Podcast with Danny Varghese. We hope and pray that you will be blessed by the hearing of the Word of God. Here is Danny Varghese with today's scripture meditation. There is an increase of lawsuits everywhere. Lawsuits between believers, lawsuits between church leaders, lawsuits between churches. And it makes you wonder if the Bible says anything about lawsuits. The truth is, Apostle Paul lays out a whole section on lawsuits in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 on. There he's asking us a series of questions. And these questions are meant for us to better understand the approach, the attitude, and the response that we ought to have over such matters, over lawsuits. How should we approach them? What should be our mindset if and when we do think of engaging in a lawsuit? The first question he's asking is this. When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? When one of you has a grievance against another. Here he's referring to grievances that happen between believers within the family of believers, over matters of the church, over matters in the church. He's not alluding or referring to crimes, those responsibilities that you and I have toward the state and or to the government, which we are required to fulfill. And if not, we will be subject to due punishment from the appropriate authorities. That is not what he's referring to here. He's referring to grievances that happen among the family of believers over matters in the church, over matters of the church. And he's also not denying or rejecting the possibility that such grievances can happen because he understands that it's quite natural for them to happen as long as there are human beings around. And so he's asking, when that does happen, though, how do you deal with it? How do we deal with it? He's asking, do you dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? What is a grievance? A grievance can be a complaint, against another believer can be an insult that you've been offended with as a believer from another believer. It could be an issue that you have with another believer. It could be supposed or real, but nonetheless, it is a grievance. And when that does happen, how do you deal with it? He's asking, do you dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Notice the term dare there. It is implying that you probably shouldn't even do such a thing or suggesting how can you even think of doing such a thing. It is similar to me asking my child if and when he disrespects his mother in the way he talks to her, I would probably ask him, how dare do you talk to your mother that way? Right? Because it is something that he shouldn't be doing. He knows better than that. He knows he, it is not something that he should have done to begin with. And similarly here, Apostle Paul is asking, how can you even think of doing such an act, which is going to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? So then who is a saint? A believer is a saint. A person who has committed his life to Christ, who has followed or is following Christ, who has accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior, is a believer and therefore a saint. A believer is not a saint once he gets to heaven. A believer is a saint once he becomes saved and accepts Christ while here living on earth.
So he's asking, as a saint, as a believer, do you take matters that you have among the saints, between the saints, in front of the unrighteous court, in front of the unrighteous judge, who is not a saint, who is not a believer, who is not a participant in the church and over matters of the church? Who is your judge? As a saint, who do you have as your judge? Who do you appoint as your judge? over matters, grievances that you have between believers. The second question that he's asking is, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? He is reminding us of the fact that we as believers, as saints, will one day judge the world. That is the truth. We will judge the world one day. And if that is the case, here is his third question. If that is the case, and that is in fact the case, If the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Are you incompetent to try trivial cases? He's asking, are you then not qualified or capable enough to try trivial cases such as these that are in front of you? The answer to that is yes. Reasonably speaking, logically speaking, given the fact that you as a saint will judge the world one day, you certainly should be able to handle and try these trivial cases that you have in front of you, those grievances that you have with your brothers and sisters. Understand this, that the family of believers that we are a part of is a family. It is similar to the families that we have, brothers and sisters. The difference is... We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are still a family. And so he's asking, are you not capable enough, qualified enough to then try these trivial cases? Number four, do you not know that we are to judge angels? The second question was, do you not know that we are to judge the world one day? Here is asking, do you not know that we will one day judge angels? Again, reminding us of this truth, of this fact that we as saints, we as believers will one day judge the angels. Not only do we as earthly beings judge the earthly beings or the world one day, but we as earthly beings will also judge the heavenly beings one day. Think about the honor, the authority, the status that we have in Christ as saints. And Paul, by way of these questions, is reminding us of that, reminding us who we are. And so his fifth question becomes, how much more then? Given that you now know or are reminded of these truths, that you are a believer, that you are a saint, that you as a saint will judge the world, that you as a saint will judge the angels one day. Given all of this, how much more then do we judge, judge matters pertaining to this life? How much more then should you be able to judge matters pertaining to this life? How much more? In comparison to matters of the world, in comparison to matters of the angels, how much more trivial, how much more minor, how much more easier are the problems that are these cases in front of you that you have, that you should be able to handle among yourselves. The sixth question, such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? You as a saint, I as a saint, as, a, as believers, we have a standing in the church. We are participants of the church. 
we are part of this family, but not so with the righteous, not so with the unrighteous court, not so with the unrighteous judge who will judge your case that you have among the believers if you do take it before them who have no standing in the church. In other words, the unrighteous and the righteous or the unrighteous and the saint cannot coexist in terms of their perspective, their lens, and their moral framework. Because the perspective, the lens, and the moral framework of a saint is vastly different from that of the perspective, the lens, and the moral framework of the unrighteous judge. And so he says, if you do do that as a saint, do take matters before the unrighteous court, matters that are between believers, saintly matters, you can say. If you take such matters in front of the unrighteous court, what a shame it is. What a shameful act, he says. It is especially shameful because you as a believer, I as a believer, do that in front of unbelievers for them to see. Is there no one wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers? Brother before brother, he asked. Maybe that is the issue. Maybe that is the concern in our churches, that there isn't anybody wise enough, that there isn't a saint. If that is the case, then our situation is quite pathetic, is it not? But I'm hopeful that within our churches, we do have qualified, wise, saintly figures who can deal with matters that we have within the family of believers. Is there no one wise enough, he's asking. Certainly there should be. There should be, is his point. And he's saying to have lawsuits is already a defeat. You have already lost. How is it that you and I, if we do engage in lawsuits over matters of the church within the family of believers, how is it that we have already been defeated, that we are already lost? Because as believers, as saints, what should be our objective? What is our primary objective? What is our goal? What is our pursuit? What is our aim? Our aim is the gospel, the spread of the gospel, the promotion of the gospel in every way possible, through the way we live, through the way we act, through the way we think, through the words we say and speak, through the ways in which we relate with each other through the ways in which we handle issues and disputes that come up. And so he's saying, as saints, given that that is our primary objective, that it is the message of the gospel, the message of the cross, that we as believers ought to carry in everything that we do and how we are, that is our primary objective. But when we do engage in such matters, we have defeated that goal, defeated that purpose, that pursuit. And so in that way, we have already been defeated. We have already lost. So no matter what the outcome in the court, in front of the unrighteous judge, whatever be the outcome, you've already lost. I've already lost. We've already been defeated as believers, as saints, because now we have compromised the message of the gospel, the message of the cross the message of Christ, Christ himself, through who we are and how we act as so-called saints and believers. 
He's asking then, isn't it better that you rather suffer wrong? Isn't it better then that you rather be defrauded? But you yourselves defraud each other, Paul says, by engaging in these kind of things. Believers are defrauding each other. Believers are doing wrong towards each other by engaging in these kind of things. Why do that? Can you do that? Should you be doing that given who you are in Christ? Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous judge in front of whom we take saintly matters will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the saint, the believer, is the one who will inherit the kingdom of God. He has no inheritance with the kingdom, with Christ. But we as saints do. But when we engage in lawsuits in front of such a court, of such a judge, potentially our inheritance is on the line. Our matters that we have between believers ought to be tried among believers. When we go in front of an unrighteous court, unrighteous judge, we are seeking justice by a lower court. We are seeking justice by a lower standard. And so Apostle Paul, through a series of questions, is asking us to rethink some of the things that we are engaging in. Rethink before we get into a lawsuit with another believer. As a believer. Such were some of you, Paul says. Such were some of you. How? You were not justified. You were not sanctified at one point. But that is no longer the case with you and I as believers and as saints. We are justified. We are continually being sanctified. And so our lives, our actions, our words, our thoughts ought to reflect this continual process of sanctification. Even in matters and grievances that we have between believers. Certainly, with just a human mindset, seems very harsh, seems very hard to do. And that's why it's only possible with a spiritual perspective. It's only possible with a spiritual lens. Can we engage in such non-retaliatory actions towards another believer? The real question is, what kind of a battle are we after? Are we after a legal battle as saints, as believers? Or is our battle, should our battle always be for one soul? Is it after legal battles or is our battle always for the winning of one's soul? Yes, that is the greater battle. That is the battle that we are after. And anything that compromises that battle, any obstruction, any hurdle, any obstacle that stands in that much greater battle of winning one soul, winning one person to Christ, is not worth it as a believer, as a saint. Again, as I mentioned before, why is Paul asking these questions 
because the gospel of the gospel, the message of the gospel, the message of the cross is at stake. And we certainly shouldn't do anything that will compromise its message. Secondly, there is also a reminder for us saints, for us as saints, as believers, to engage in full forgiveness after we've entered into saintly mediation, entered into mediation uh, and arbitration that we can have among the saints, between believers, after we have engaged in that, we should be willing as believers to engage in full forgiveness towards one another. Only if we forgive one another will Christ fully forgive us. More importantly, and the last point that I'll make is this. This is an act of Christ's love that we exhibit through non-retaliatory actions, right? It is an extension of Christ's love when we act in a way that Paul has taught us to. Because we are able to win another person to Christ, win another soul for Christ with an overwhelming love that we show towards them, even in matters that will offend us, even in matters that that will shame us, maybe, even in matters that hurt us. If we can exhibit an overwhelming act of love, the extension of Christ's love, which we are called to do, then we have won at the end of the day. We have won for the kingdom. We have won in the eyes of God. That is the point. So let me say that one more time, those three things that I think that Paul is reminding us of as saints, as believers. Number one, we should act and live in a way that the message of the cross and the message of the gospel is not compromised. Number two, we should exhibit full forgiveness in matters. We should be willing to act in forgiveness, forgiving one another, even in matters that seem very serious or grave among believers, even then be willing to forgive. Number three, understand that when we do that, it is an extension of the overwhelming love of Christ that he has already exhibited for each one of us. And through that love, we will win people for Christ and for the kingdom of God. That is the greatest weapon that we can use to win someone to Christ. Again, remember what our battle is. Our battle is not a legal battle. As saints, as believers, our battle is the battle for one's soul. I hope that you and I continually read what Apostle Paul is laying out in that section in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 so that we are better uh, knowledgeable of, of the kind of mindset and the approach and the attitude, the response that we ought to have when we do encounter such things in the church. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Let the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Have a blessed day. May God bless you.